How are y'all doing today? It's good to be with you guys today. We are in week two of our series, What Would Jesus Nah, some of y'all said, do, gotcha. Hey, uh, check this bracelet I got. You probably heard the phrase, what would Jesus do? Are you seeing the, can you zoom in? Can you, uh, Brooklyn, give it up for my friend Brooklyn Zorn on the camera. Hello. Can you zoom in on that? I don't know if you can. Man, W, wait, 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 there's more. W-W-J-D. What would Jesus do? But today, I don't want to ask you, WWJD, I want to ask you, WWJ? You. If you were here last week, you know that we've been asking, what would Jesus undo? And the first thing we said was, Jesus would undo spiritual indifference. Help me out. Everybody say indifference. Now, we are talking about last week and today, this city that was called Laodicea. There was a church there. Help me out. Everybody say Laodicea. Okay, and I told you last week, they were stupid wealthy. They had a lot of money because they had the fashion industry on lock. It was producing a lot of economy, uh, a lot of revenue for them. But they also had the medical uh, little monopoly on this, like, eye ointment. So they had a lot of money, but they had one big problem. Does anybody remember what it was? Yes, they did not have water. Their water was not hot, and it wasn't cold. It was lukewarm, but so was their spiritual state. And so Jesus had to correct them, and he tells them this. This is what we said last week. You got the underlying part. Revelations 3, 14 through 15. Jesus is talking to this church, and he says, I know all the things you do, that you are neither nor I wish that you were one or the other. Verse 16. But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot or cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Let me recap last week for just a second. Jesus tells them, you are like lukewarm water. And, and he's telling them they're spiritually indifferent. And we were talking about like, what does it mean to be spiritually indifferent? Here's what it means. It means that you really serve no purpose. You're kind of like useless in a spiritual sense. And this is what he meant. Cold water was useful for something. You could drink it. You'd be refreshed. Hot water was useful for something back then. You could bathe in it. You could be clean. But lukewarm water was just like not useful for anything. And so Jesus was basically saying like, what am I supposed to do with y'all? And I was talking about last week how it's pretty much everybody's natural inclination to be lukewarm. What does it look like to be lukewarm? You're just kind of going through the spiritual motions. You ever just go through the motions? Somebody asks you like, hey man, you making time with God? And you're just like, eh. Hey, man, are you really involved in church, part of a Christian community, got good friends? Eh. Are you loving your friends and your enemies? And you're just like, eh. you know, it is what it is. We're kind of indifferent, kind of lukewarm, and God's kind of like, what do I do with somebody like that? If you're like this, God's not able to use you for anything that lasts further than earth into eternity. And I even gave you a little checklist to see where you are on the spiritual indifference level. You ready? This is it. I'm going to blaze through it real fast in this recap. But I told you this. Spiritually indifferent people, they want to, number one, impress people more than please God. Everybody say impress, not please God. Number two, they ignore teaching and conviction from the Bible. Number three, they believe in Jesus but don't share their faith. That one convicts me. Number four, they turn to God only when they need him. And number five, they aren't much different than the world. Now we're all caught up. That's what it means to be spiritually indifferent. But we're going to continue this letter that Jesus wrote them. And we're not going to talk about what 
spiritual indifference is. We're going to talk about two other things. Man, I like this view. We're going to talk about, hi, hello, friends. We're going to talk about why we are spiritually indifferent. Everybody say why. And then we're going to talk about how do we not be spiritually indifferent. Everybody say how. So Jesus tells them the stuff about lukewarm water, right? And he's like, you're lukewarm, you're not hot, nor cold. And now he begins to tell them why. And the reason they're lukewarm is the reason that me and you get lukewarm. You ready? He says this in verse 17 of Revelations 3. You got the underlined part. He says, you say, I am. And they were, man. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. Listen, y'all, this church was wealthy. They had food. They had clothing. They had shelter. They had comfort. They had luxury. They had it good. But here's what's scary. Hear me. And I'm going to try to, like, put this in your world, okay? If there is one church that we are like in America in 2022, guess which church it is? This one, Laodicea. Why? Because we have it good. We have food, comfort, clothes, luxury. We have it so good. And yet them having it good was one of the main reasons it was easy for them to forget about God. Because it's easy to forget about God when you have it so good. It just is. It's so easy to forget about God when your life is going just fine. So why are we spiritually indifferent? Why is it easy to just kind of shove God on the back burner and not act like it's a big deal? Number one, we have everything. Everybody say, we have everything. This is a warning to us. Listen, I know you might not think like we have everything. We really do. In fact, I thought about that song. You know the song? It's not a great song, so don't judge me. But when I read that line, we have everything. I thought about that song. Got everything. I got everything. Ah, somebody know. Okay. Raise your hand if you know that song. All right. We're going to repent to Jesus after this, okay? But we really do. We have everything. Listen, y'all, we have it good. Maybe you think, mm, Drake has everything. No, listen, 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 listen. If you live in America, even if you're what the government would consider poor, you have a roof over your head, let this sink in. You live better than every king has ever lived up until the year 1900. We have everything. We have food. At the public schools, they'll give you two meals for free. We have water. We don't even think where it came from. We, just, we have water. You know there's places that don't have water. <gasps> they can't just go to a water fountain and get a sip of water. We got water. Most people got roofs over their head. And if they don't, like there's government programs that are really trying to help them get a roof over their head. We have it good. And yet it's so easy to forget about God when you have it good. And that's what most people do. Listen, most people, they come to God when something goes real bad in their life. Like, oh, something's going bad, so I'm going to get to church now. But if life is going generally good, like, oh, yeah, I got good friends, school's going well, maybe you're on an athletic team and that's going well. Life is generally happy. It's so easy not to care about God. But if you don't know that you need God every second of every day, you have the same problem that these people had. What was the problem? Let's move on with what Jesus says. Verse 17, uh, he says this. You got it. You say, I am. I have. Everything I want, I don't need a thing. But watch, he says, and you don't, you don't realize that you're wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Tell your neighbor, you wretched and miserable and poor and blind, but I'm glad you got clothes on. 
Hey, listen, 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 listen. Everybody, if you can hear me, clap once. Yay. If you can hear me, clap twice. All right. What's he saying? Listen, listen, listen. Obviously, these people aren't miserable, poor, wretched. I mean, they got a lot of money. But Jesus is talking about eternity. Everybody say eternity. Forever. Everybody say forever. He's saying this. You're doing fine now. But there is a life to come. Every one of us will have to face. Me, you, your parents, your grandparents, your little siblings. When we die, there is another life. And Jesus was saying, when it comes to life after death, you are miserable, wretched, poor, blind, and naked. In short, what he was saying, and the second reason we're spiritually indifferent, is because number two, we forget earth affects eternity. Everybody say, earth affects eternity. Now, what do I mean by this? Let me tell you a story. This is what I mean. My first college class was PE, which stands for physical education. Proud of you guys. That's good. Okay. So in my mind, right, I knew there were two components of our grade. There was the book portion where you'd have to, like, take tests on stuff. And then there was the physical portion where you just have to run two miles. And so my mindset was like, all right, right, here's my plan. I'm going to take the physical portion really serious, ace that. That way I don't have to study. Good plan, right? So the first test comes up. We have to run two miles. Aced it. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, Second portion comes up. Aced it. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's not a big deal. Third portion comes up. Aced it. I had 300s, 300, it's not a big deal, but 300s, and so the test was coming up. In my mind, I was like, I'm not going to study for a test. I have 300s. I can fail and still pass, right? So I don't, and plus it's PE. Like, what are you going to do? Is stretching good or bad for you? Good. Eat good. True. Like, it's going to be easy. Easy test. I got a 34. (laughs) Nope. 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 Wrong. Wrong, Wrong place to clap. We'll, we'll work on it. I got 34. But in my head, in my head, I was thinking, nah, we're straight because like 300 plus the 34, like I know how to average 100 plus 100 plus 100 plus 34. Let's see what my grade should have been. That's what? 134 divided by 4. My grade should have been. Uh, you're right. I should have had an 83.5. Okay? Switch it. Don't, uh, you know what, Josh? So I was like, that, I was like, whatever. I, was, I got my progress report. I had an F. And so I was like, well, no. Stop clapping for that. <laughs> um, there was nothing on it. I checked. Um, okay. So I go into the professor's office. His name was Mr. Huber, right? And I tried to play it cool because, like, I didn't want to fail. And I was like, Mr. Huber, first of all, love your mustache. Second of all, what the heck, man? Like, I shouldn't have a, a failing grade. I have, you know, 300s, and I had to walk him through how mouth works. I had 300, 34. You average it. I have 83.5. And he looked at me, <laughs> and he said, Mr. Graff, the physical portion were only quizzes worth 20% of your grade, but the test, or the book portion was a test worth 80% of your grade, and I thought, listen, no, (laughs) 
I literally sat there and I thought, why did I take the quizzes so seriously and ignore the test? And my heart dropped. Listen, it's easy to think you're doing well in the class when you don't know the weight of the grade. And a lot of us think that, listen to me, a lot of us think the main test of Christianity is, oh, I raised my hand and I asked Jesus into my heart that one time after the guy was talking. And we don't realize earth is the main test of Christianity. And I'm not saying that you're saved by how you're living, but what I'm, you were saved by Jesus alone. I want to make that clear. But if you are really saved, it affects how you live on earth. There's this guy in the Bible. It's a story of the rich man and Lazarus. This guy, he had everything. He literally went down in history as the rich man. He had everything. He knew Moses and the prophets. He knew God. He thought, when I die, I'm going to go to heaven for sure. Like, it's a shoo-in. Well, there's this poor guy named Lazarus. Everybody say Lazarus. Lazarus. Poor guy that's sitting outside of his gate, and he never helps him. His whole life, he just passes him up, never helps him. Right? Well, he dies, and he ends up in hell. And he's confused. And look at the reason. Look at the reason he got from, from Father Abraham when he was there. Luke 16, 25. This is what Abraham tells him. He says, son, remember that in, that's earth. That is earth. Remember in your lifetime, you received your good things while Lazarus received bad things. But now he's comforted here. And you're in agony. What happened? He didn't realize earth was a test that affected eternity. Listen, whether we like it or not, each and every one of us is going to have to stand before Jesus one day. And what we do down here on earth has eternal consequences. And I'm not saying that to scare you, but I am saying we should live for eternity. We should live like, like forever matters. And the Laodiceans weren't. If you don't think earth affects eternity, you will be spiritually indifferent. You'll be the person that says they're Christians. But you don't really follow the Bible. You follow the parts you want to follow, and then you ignore some of the other ones. And you could get away with that for now, but not forever. Because one day you'll have to stand in front of Jesus and embrace the truth. And we're going to have to understand. Listen, it was easy for me to think I was doing well in the class when I didn't really know what affected my overall grade. And it's easy for you to think you're doing well in your relationship with God if you do not understand that what you do on earth affects where you you know, how you spend eternity and what happens in eternity. So here's a little test, okay? Just a little test. Living for earth lets me decide. Everybody say, me decide. Living for earth lets me decide how I live, give, and forgive. But living for eternity lets God decide how I live, give, and forgive. So I just humbly ask you, because I, I I'm guilty too. I'm not perfect. But I humbly ask you, do you really think about how you live or do you compromise? You do what everybody else does or do you understand that if you're a Christian and you say you're a Christian, right now affects forever. Do you really forgive people on your standards or God's? Do you, do you love your friends and your enemies or just your friends? Because Jesus would tell you to love both. Are you generous? Do you give? Who decides how you live, give, and forgive? You or God? So, I hope so. Or I don't know if you said God or you, but God. That's good. That's how it should be. I don't even know who's talking. But here's the question, though. We're all naturally spiritually indifferent. So how do we get rid of it? I just told you why. We're spiritually indifferent because we have everything and we don't understand earth affects eternity. But how, everybody say how, do we get rid of it? Jesus actually tells, tells you, look, 
I'm going to read the verse one more time. Verse 17, he says this. You say, I am, is it up there? Rich, there you go. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. And you don't, that you're wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Now watch his advice. He's about to give him advice because he just told him you're wretched, poor, blind, miserable, naked. His advice is in 18. What do we do about it? What do we do about the indifference? He says, so I advise you to, verse 18, is it up there? So I advise you to buy gold from me, gold that has been purified by fire. Then you will be rich. Also, buy white garments from me so you will not be shamed by your nakedness. An ointment for your eyes so you'll be able to see. Now, here's what's confusing about his advice. You don't need to worry about all of it. He's basically saying like, hey, buy into me. I'll give you robes of righteousness. I'll help the eyes of your heart be enlightened. He's saying all that. But here's what's confusing. He just told him to go buy gold, all this stuff. But he also just told him that they're poor, miserable, blind, wretched, naked. How do you buy gold when you're broke? How, how do you go buy all the stuff Jesus told you to buy when you're naked and blind and you can't even go out? Something else has to come in. You don't go out. Something else comes in. Look, read it carefully. The next verse, verse 20, Jesus says this. Look, I stand at the door and I knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. And we'll share a meal together as friends. L listen to me. How do you beat spiritual indifference? How do you stop being lukewarm? How do you go buy gold from God when you can't even go out? You let Jesus in. Listen. To start this message, I put water in this thing. The water was a little bit cool. But even if it was cool, if I just let it sit here, what's going to happen? It's going to get lukewarm. The water is already not as cold as it was when I first got here. If I were to make this cold again, what would I have to do? Freeze it or what could I do if I put ice in it, right? It's the same with like if I had a cup of hot coffee. If I had a cup of hot coffee here and it was, you know, halfway full, started to get lukewarm, the only way to heat it back up would be to add the hot coffee back in it. It's, if you go to a restaurant, they'll be like, you want to warm up? And you say yes, and they warm it up. It's actually... We're about to go to school real quick. It was nerdy. It's actually the second law of thermodynamics. I know. I'm smart. I, <laughs> you ready? Here's what the second law of thermodynamics says. It says the heat, everybody say heat, heat. or cool of a substance dies unless something is added from the outside. The heat or cool of a substance dies unless something is added from the outside, which means like this, the only way it'll ever cool again is if something, a.k.a. ice, is added from the outside. Same thing with coffee. The only way the coffee will get hot again is if something, a.k.a. more hot coffee, is added to the cup to make it hot again. But what I'm trying to show you is our spiritual life is the exact same way. It's just like this cup. If you leave it sitting there, you don't make time for God. You don't make time for church. You're never really trying to understand God, maybe on the Bible app or something. Your faith will grow lukewarm. The only way to make it not grow lukewarm is to let Jesus in and add him from the outside to stir you back up. That's the only way it works. Unless every day you reopen the door to Jesus, 
And he can change what otherwise will absolutely become lukewarm. So how do we stop being spiritually indifferent? The first thing we do is we reopen. Everybody say reopen. Reopen the door to relationship with God. Look at this verse one more time. Verse 20. Look, I stand at the door and I knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we'll share a meal together as friends. You know those friends like you go out to eat or maybe they come to your house and you just have a great time with them. You laugh, you cry, you laugh till you cry. It's a great time and you think, man, I love hanging out with this person. That is exactly the kind of relationship God wants to have with you. This is not a flex whatsoever because I promise I am not perfect. But I really take this seriously. So like every morning, I try to, I don't hit it every morning. Maybe like five times, not seven times a week. But the first thing I do is I spend time with the Lord. I will sit there and I'll read my Bible. I'll read like maybe a plan on the Devo app. I'll listen to worship. I'll write things down. I'll pray honest prayers because God can handle your honest prayers. I'll tell them about my sins, my struggles, my weaknesses, all the things that I'm mad about, the things I'm happy about. I'll talk to them. And when I do that, it is like adding ice to the drink. It is the only thing that keeps me from being lukewarm. When I put something outside of myself into my heart, Namely, the word of God and praying, it is what keeps me focused. It's what keeps me useful in the world and not lukewarm. I try to reopen the door to relationship with Jesus all the time. Jesus says, I stand at your heart's door and I knock. And a lot of times, you know, when we say that scripture, we'll say it like when we're praying the final prayer, when people are about to give their life to Jesus and they'll be like, if you want to accept Jesus as your savior and We'll say something like, the Bible says, I stand at the heart's door and I knock. And that's okay, but Jesus didn't know, like originally say that to people who weren't saved. He said it to the church who already believed. He told it to people who were already Christians that needed to understand he was at their heart's door and they needed to let him in or else they were going to keep being lukewarm. What you got to know is Jesus is standing at the door of your heart knocking every single day. And whether or not you grow lukewarm in your faith, to where God is an afterthought or God is your first priority depends on whether you let him in or not. It's just how it works. That's the only way to beat indifference. So if you want to fight indifference, reopen the door to relationship with God. Make a commitment. Everybody say commitment. Start a Devo plan on the Bible app. If you don't know how to start a Devo plan on the Bible app, come talk to me. I'll personally show you how to do it. It has everything that you're going. If you're struggling with pride, it got you. Lust, it got you. Anger, it got you. Insecurity, it got you. Anxiety, it got you. Give God the first part of your day every day and stir yourself up. Add ice to the drink so it's not lukewarm. Now, let me end showing you one more thing. I got to hurry because I know this sounds good, but tomorrow when it's the morning and you wake up and you want to be like a zombie and a vegetable and just open social media, you're not going to want to reopen the door. So let me show you one more thing. Revelations 3.19 as I close. Jesus says, I correct and discipline everyone I love. So be diligent and turn. The reason it says metanoia is because that's the actual word in Greek, which is what this is written in. It says, turn from your indifference. Now, if you were to just read that, it looks like it's saying, stop being indifferent. But that word turn, metanoia, it means to reconsider or to reset, to think again. You ever, you're about to say something dumb. And then you're like, mm, I'm going to catch myself. And you don't. You're like, hey, I didn't get in trouble, right? You have to reset your mind. What Jesus is saying is whenever you don't want to put God first, you got to reset your mind on eternity. So how do we stop being spiritually indifferent? We reopen the door to relationship. 
but we also reset our mind on eternity. Sounds simple, but listen, every time you want to do something, ask yourself, how would this make God feel? Is this going to have good eternal consequences? Is this going to have bad eternal consequences? Is God going to look at me one day and be like, good job? Or is he going to be like, you clearly did what you wanted and you mixed me around a little bit where you thought I was useful, but I wasn't really the Lord and Savior of your life. Man, refuse to let your faith grow lukewarm. Recap, why are we spiritually indifferent? We have everything and we forget that earth affects eternity. But the way to beat it, how we stop being spiritually indifferent we reopen the door to relationship, and we reset our mind on eternity. Bow your heads, close your eyes. I want to pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for these students. God, help us not be indifferent. Help us not be lukewarm. Help us put you in our life as the center so that you're stirring up our heart and making us useful in the world. Hey, before we leave, I got two questions for you. They're questions we ask every time that we're here. And here's the first one. If you're in here and you're like, man, Pastor G., I have not been living for God like I should. Or actually, let me back up. If you say, I don't even know if Jesus is the Lord and Savior of my life. I don't even know if I were to take my last breath, if I would be with God in heaven or in hell. But listen, if you're in here and you say, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life, then on the count of three, will you raise your hand? I just want to pray for you right where you're at, right where I'm at. No one looking around but me. If that's you, and you say, I need to make Jesus the Lord and Savior of my life. On the count of three, raise your hand. One, two, three. Anybody like that? Awesome. See that hand. See that hand. See that hand. That hand. That hand. Awesome. Awesome. If you're in here and you say, Pastor G, the truth is, I believe in God, but I've been lukewarm. He's not a priority. And tonight I know that I need to rededicate my life. If you're in here and you're like, yeah, that's me. I need to make God a priority and rededicate to him. On the count of three, would you raise your hand as well? One, two, three. Anybody like that? Awesome, awesome. Well, do me a favor. Put your hand on your heart and everybody repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I know I'm a sinner, but I know you're a Savior. Thank you for loving me when I didn't care about you. Thank you for running me down when I was running away. Make me new. And if I fall, give me the grace to get back up. Put people in my path who will lead me towards you. I believe that you were Lord. In Jesus' name, everybody said, and we celebrate, amen.